This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, Eric Christensen. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you pick up some clinical pearls today. Today I'm going to cover metoprolol. Uh, the reason I'm doing this, you can go back and listen to the uh, beta blockers section where I gave kind of a, a general overview and some uh, clinical pearls and, and tricks kind of to the class as a whole. Uh, but I have had requests to kind of do individualized agents uh, within some of those classes just to uh, recognize that there are differences between some of these agents. So I wanted to highlight some of those differences. Uh, certainly we'll uh, cover the, the basics uh, of each medication as well, and I'm going to do that with, with metoprolol. So first off, let's discuss uh, some of the names of metoprolol. So the biggest thing to remember with metoprolol is there's primarily two oral dosage forms, and metoprolol tartrate is the immediate release formulation. This is going to be dosed generally two to three times per day. I would say in the overwhelming majority of cases, uh, I see it dosed twice per day. The brand name of the immediate release product is Low Presser. Now on the flip side, we do have an extended release product, and that is Metoprolol Succinate, which goes by the name of Toprol or Toprol XL. That is typically dosed once a day. And simply put, the reason being why this dosing is like that is because of the pharmacokinetics. The duration of action for the immediate release is, you know, in the ballpark of three to six hours. So we need to dose that multiple times per day. Uh, duration of action for the extended release obviously is going to be closer to a full day or 24 hours. Uh, indications of metoprolol, uh, blood pressure, angina, uh, can be used post-MI to help uh, improve outcomes there. Uh, atrial fibrillation to kind of keep that heart rate in check. And metoprolol does have the indication and the evidence behind it to be used in HEF-REF. So that's uh, heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Now, it's not all beta blockers have that indication. So uh, that is uh, important to note. Uh, thyroid storm, I, I have heard of it, seen it used there rarely. Uh, migraines, you may see metoprolol use. I would say in most situations you're going to use a non-selective agent, but I have maybe seen it uh, once or twice. Uh, let's kind of stick with uh, some of the pharmacokinetic parameters, and specifically, I, I talked about the duration a little bit and why the, the drug is dosed uh, the way it is, depending upon the dosage form. Uh, we also have uh, bioavailability alterations depending upon the formulation used. So bioavailability is slightly less for extended release. However, uh, in most situations, if you're doing a conversion, let's say from immediate release to extended release, 
you're probably going to use the same dose, uh, so excuse me, the same total daily dose uh, that you would for, for both there. Uh, but recognize that you could have some slight alterations uh, in patient response, uh, potentially going to the XR, the bioavailability is a little bit less than it is for the immediate release. So there is uh, the odd potential that you could have a little bit less of a clinical response when making a, a transition like this. And one of the main reasons in clinical practice that this might come up is, you know, maybe a patient, they, you know, can't remember to take their second or possibly even third dose of metoprolol immediate release. And they simply suggest, hey, it'd, it'd be a lot easier to remember if I could just take this once a day. So that's one of the advantages, uh, certainly, of the extended release. Uh, with Extended release, I know something that's come up in my geriatric practice is, of course, crushing medications. The extended release should not be crushed. Uh, patients shouldn't chew it before they, they swallow or, or anything of, of that nature. Uh, it There is some evidence that splitting the tablet uh, is okay and, and doesn't uh, alter uh, the way it works uh, to a significant extent that's uh, clinically relevant there. So with that, let's continue on uh, pharmacokinetics. Uh, one important thing that's going to differentiate metoprolol from some of the other beta blockers is uh, which enzymes break it down, or specifically which enzyme. So the enzyme CYP2D6 is the one that is primarily responsible for breaking down metoprolol. So in the event you've got alterations and or drug interactions, which I'll, I'll talk about, the half-life uh, of this medication can vary based upon some of those alterations. So if you're using uh, a, an enzyme inhibitor of CYP2D6, that could extend the half-life potentially and obviously the uh, increase the concentrations as well. In addition to that, uh, pharmacogenomic differences, such as a patient who is a slow metabolizer via CYP2D6, they can also have elevated concentrations. Okay, So a few important uh, pharmacokinetic parameters there to, to think about with the use of metoprolol. Of course, metoprolol is a beta blocker. Primarily, it is beta selective. So from a pharmacodynamic perspective, uh, when we talk about adverse drug reactions for beta blockers as a whole, typically impacts on beta 2 is not going to be that significant or certainly less significant than a non-selective agent like propranolol. So again, metoprolol is primarily beta selective. So hopefully we don't run as, as much of a risk uh, in, you know, blunting the effects of albuterol and or worsening a, a patient who has an asthma exacerbation, for example. All right, let's take a quick break and then I will wrap up on drug interactions with metoprolol. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, definitely go check us out at meded101.com store. 
board certified MTM exam. We've got geriatrics. We've got pharmacotherapy, uh, ambulatory care. We've also got plenty of study options for students as well. So go check out our NAPLEX material there. Uh, if you're a healthcare professional in another field, we've got resources for you as well. I've got a couple of books on Amazon and Audible. Uh, great resources uh, that demonstrate uh, pharmacology principles, pharmacotherapy, clinical judgment, reasoning, drug interaction, all that uh, good stuff um, that you actually see out in clinical practice. So uh, go check out all the resources we have. They will always be located at meded101.com slash store. And go check them out, support our sponsor, and support uh, the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. All right, let's finish up on drug interactions with metoprolol. So with metoprolol, uh, you know, we've, we've got the, the generalized beta blocker uh, drug interaction. So the pulse lowering effect, if you add another medication, let's say a digoxin, a non-dihydropyridine calcium channel blocker, those medications can lower pulse in and of themselves, so adding it to metoprolol or any of the beta blockers in general uh, can certainly do that. Uh, blunting uh, epinephrine's effects. So metoprolol by beta-1 blockade could block uh, the epinephrine, uh, the benefit from epinephrine if you're using it in uh, cardiovascular purposes or if you're using it in the setting of an allergic reaction. So important to, to keep that in mind that beta blockers, uh, metoprolol specifically, can blunt uh, some of those effects to varying degrees. Again, something like asthma, that beta-1 selectivity helps us to not uh, impact that asthma quite as much there. And then with metoprolol, we do have to talk about CYP2D6. So this is unique uh, compared to most of the other beta blockers. Metoprolol is metabolized primarily by CYP2D6. So I think of three classic examples that are antidepressants that can inhibit CYP2D6. Peroxetine, bupropion, and fluoxetine. Those are all CYP2D6 inhibitors. So these can raise the concentrations of metoprolol. Okay, very, very important. So we're more likely to have our you know, blood pressure lowering effect, uh, drop in pulse, uh, you know, sexual dysfunction, um, potentially hair loss as well. It's kind of a, a rare adverse effect. Basically, any sign or symptom of toxicity from a beta blocker could be increased when we use a drug that inhibits CYP2D6 with this medication. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, track me down at reallifepharmacology.com. You can shoot me an email there. Grab your free 31-page PDF simply for uh, following the, the blog and when we've got a new podcast available. Also, if you enjoy the show, uh, if you picked up some clinical pearls, definitely leave us a, a kind rating and review on iTunes. I'm greatly appreciative of all of you who have uh, done that already and uh, taken time out of your uh, precious day. So uh, with that, I'll sign off for today. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.